Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode and I'm going to talk about something that is very common because I get lots of emails from clients, our coaching clients after they've gone through interviews they always send me quite detailed feedback and the issue is if you face what you think is a bad interview experience should you also can you complain about it? The answer is yes you can complain about it but the better question is should you complain about it? And I would take it even further. Do you have something to complain about in the first place? Let me explain to you what I mean by this. I'll give you some examples of things people complain about, then I'll talk you through how the firm views this and what you should do. Classic examples, right? I've had a client who once told me he was absolutely shocked that McKinsey did not offer to fly him from one city to another for his interviews. Absolutely shocked. He couldn't believe it. He was really upset with the firm because he thought they would do it, and he wanted to write to HR and say, we're shocked by the way, this is McKinsey, the most elite firm in the world, and he doesn't understand why it's treated that way. And he thinks it's very disrespectful. Now, in this example, the problem here is that his expectation of McKinsey was different from what happened to him, right? So that's basically it. So the question you have to ask yourself is, did he have the realistic expectation? And if the answer is no, is it McKinsey's fault that he didn't have the realistic expectation? Now, I know the client well. It's, it's an actual client of ours. McKinsey at no time said they would pay for him to fly across. But in his mind, this client had created a perception of the way McKinsey operates. And he was measuring McKinsey against that perception. Now, we do that all the time. And, you know, sometimes firms have to change because the angry mob of perception means they have to change. But in this particular case, at no time has McKinsey said they'd pay for him. At no time did they allude to it or misrepresent that they would pay for it. This client just had this perception and he was personally aggrieved or insulted when they didn't do it. I don't think he should complain. He wrote a letter. I told him not to do it and he vented. I'll tell you how firms respond to these things and why in a few minutes. Let me go through a few more examples. In this particular case, the client should not have complained because there's nothing to complain about. When McKinsey explained to to him the travel arrangements, he agreed to it. He agreed to it. He could have said, look, I don't want to come unless you pay for my travel. But he went, which means he accepted the travel arrangements, and then he starts complaining about it. You can't do that. Because once you accept it, you own the problem. And second, its expectation comes from his view of how things work, which is not necessarily true. Another situation which happened quite recently is a client in the Northeast United States had an interview, and she was being interviewed by another lady. When the case was about to begin, when they walked into the meeting room, the interviewee wanted to sit next to the interviewer on the same side of the table. And the interviewer said, no, you know, I think it's better if you sit across from me. And then the lady, the interviewer moved. At the end of the interview, the interviewer did not give time for questions. And while she was walking out the interviewee, she ran into the HR representative and said, I have a flight to catch. Do you have any more interviews to take? Now... The interviewee, my client, wanted to write a letter to HR to complain about the fact that it was rude for the interviewer not to sit next to her. It was rude for the interviewer not to take questions. It was rude for the interviewer while she was walking her out to ask about a flight that was coming. She sent me a letter to review and I basically deleted the whole thing. I'll tell you why. The interviewer has done nothing wrong. If you really think about it, the interviewer has done nothing wrong. The interviewer preferred if the interviewee sat across the table from her. Now, the interviewer chose not to explain why, but that's fine. 
you don't have time to explain everything in life. She wasn't rude about it. She was just a quiet lady and said, you know, I'd prefer if you sat across. At no time did my client, the interviewee, ever accuse the interviewer of being rude in a tone and demeanor. It's just what she asked for, which is reasonable. Not giving someone time to ask questions by saying, unfortunately, I don't have time for questions. But, you know, HR will fall out with you. It's not rude. You don't have time for questions. It happens in life. While you're walking out after the interview is done and you speak to someone else and you ask about a flight, that's not rude. In fact, maybe the interviewee shouldn't eavesdrop. My point is there's nothing about this is rude. Again, it's about expectations. Why do we expect everyone to just act in a certain way? I told this interviewee not to complain about it. Third, let's give a third anecdote and then we'll move into things. Third anecdote is where in a case, the interviewer, the person conducting the interview, is eating a sandwich and the interviewer is checking mail. Now, firstly, look, I've been there. I was a partner. I know it works. We advise people not to eat sandwiches and not to check their mail because it's bad for the image of the firm. It's not great for the image of the firm, right? But I've been in situations where I'd eat a sandwich in an interview. This is the way it is. In fact, I'd be eating a meal while I'm conducting the interview. I would offer the candidate food if they wanted it. Sometimes I've actually had a meeting over a meal with a candidate. I personally don't think it's rude when this happens. I'll tell you why. And you can have a completely different view, but again, it's your expectations. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm saying that I used to run interviews. I was a partner. I'm telling you the way I see it. You can disagree with me, but remember, other people are going to see it my way as well. For one, eating and checking mail is only a sign of rudeness if you think it's a sign of rudeness. It could be a sign that maybe I'm so comfortable with you, maybe I think you're doing so well that I'm comfortable to do other things that I would never do in front of someone else. If you interpret it as a sign of rudeness and you act like you're being disrespected and you close down in an interview, the only reason you're performing badly is because you've interpreted this as an act of rudeness. It may not be an act of rudeness. It may be an act that I really feel you're doing a great job, have a lot of respect for you, and therefore I'm doing this, right? If it is an act of rudeness, it is possible that you have already signaled to the interviewer that you actually don't know what you're doing. And the interviewer has opened up their laptop and decided, well, this person didn't prepare, doesn't care, I'm just going to check my mail. And so now the interviewer shouldn't do it. An interviewer should not behave this way to be rude. And I agree, that's bad. But I also have a third take on this. If I'm eating a meal and I'm checking my mail and that's throwing you off from doing a case, then you shouldn't be in consulting in the first place. And when I interview senior people, for example, when the firm wanted to bring in experienced hires, I always did the final interview because I'm, I wouldn't say I'm tough, but I do check things a little bit more carefully. And I would be eating. And every single experienced hire I've ever interviewed, I've eaten with them. Not at a fancy restaurant sometimes, actually usually, but a lot of times in my office, right? My assistant, bless her soul, would bring me my food and I'd eat it and offer it to them as well. Most of them don't take up the offer. Some of them complain. But here's the thing you've got to understand. You should be able to handle these distractions. If you are being thrown off a case because someone's checking their email, what do you think a client's going to do in a situation? Do you think the client's just going to sit there and respond to your every need they do whatever they want. Clients scream. They check their mail. They start doing all kinds of weird things in a group session, in a meeting. You have to be able to handle that. So this podcast started as 
can you complain about a bad interview experience? Then I said, you can, but should you? Then I shifted to not everything that looks bad to you is bad. Then I'm shifting to if this is throwing you off, are you a good fit for consulting in the first place? And that's a very sincere question. I'm not asking this question to cause pain, to say you're not good. I don't know who's listening to this podcast. Obviously, lots of people listening to this podcast are going to be amazing consultants who will very well change the world. But others, you will probably change the world as well. You don't have to do it through consulting, but maybe consulting is not best for you. You can't be easily thrown off. So the question is not whether you should complain. It's not, is this rude? The question is, what does it say about you that this is throwing you off? What does it mean if someone's eating or checking their mail? You can't do the case. You're distracted. What does it say about your communication skills that you have to wait or you don't know how to proceed with the case? That's the issue to me. When I do cases with people, I sometimes try to throw them off. Not with weird little brain teases and riddles, but just the way the conversation goes. I try to kind of distract them to see what happens. Because it's not just about solving the case. It's about solving the case in the environment the client will create for you. And the environment a client creates for you is not a cushy office in the most prestigious address in a city where everyone's polite, everyone shakes your hand, everyone smiles at you, everyone is attentive and alert. No. Client situations are not like playing video games on a computer. They're like searching for insurgents in the badlands. And it's not fun. So what I want you to take out of this is, firstly, ask yourself what you can do to better handle these situations. Now, finally, let's talk about how firms respond when you complain. Consulting firms are masters of managing their image. Look, I'll tell you right now, we manage our image very tightly. We are very good at it. Something bad happens, we sweep it under the rug in five seconds. I mean, when Rajat Gupta made the press for his alleged and then convicted wrongdoings, if you read the press very carefully, most of it said ex-Goldman director. That was the lead line. It never said ex-McKinsey managing partner three times elected. And that's what I say about consulting firms are very good about managing them is they have ways of minimizing the conversation about themselves that is negative. First thing that will happen if you send an email to HR, a partner, so on, complaining about your experience, they will apologize that you feel this way but they will never apologize for making a mistake because they will never admit to making a mistake. They will not redo the interview. You write to them and say, well, this person took out his phone and started playing the Kim Kardashian game while I was doing the interview. They will say, look, I'm very sorry that you had this experience and you feel this way, which if you read between the lines, they're not apologizing for what happened. They're apologizing that you feel this way. Second, they will talk to you and give you feedback, but they'll never talk to you to explain why the consultant did this, they won't even go there. So what I'm trying to say is that if you're going to complain to a firm that doesn't admit wrongdoing, they're not going to change anything. A better technique is to say, look, I had an amazing experience at the firm. A couple of things came up, which I'm not too worried about, but I'm just going to share it with you so that maybe you can think about it. And again, I'm not asking for a redo of my interview. I'm not complaining. I had a great experience. Everything is positive. But I just thought people may have some unusual perceptions of the same thing happened to them. So maybe think about it and leave it at that. You will have built a good reputation. You know why you're not complaining to HR? Because when you complain to HR, you are complaining about HR. And HR reports to some partner. So when the interview process goes bad, it looks bad on HR. And when you're not complaining about HR to HR, you're doing HR a favor 
because they don't end up looking bad. And when you do people a favor, they remember that. So the clients want to complain. I say, don't complain. Write it the way I mentioned to you. Tell them you had a great experience. You're not complaining. A couple of things have happened. You want to dis- you don't want to discuss it and say- talk about it briefly. And you know you know everything's under control, but you just thought you'll share this. You're not going to mention it to anyone because you had a positive experience and you really enjoyed things with the firm. And what you're going to do is you're going to work on materially changing your profile and applying again once you're ready. You do that, you made an ally of HR. Because remember, complaining to HR is complaining about HR. Because you're complaining about a process they manage. And at the end of the year, when they have to go through their performance reviews, these kind of things come up and makes them look bad. So remember that. Don't complain. Help HR. Don't complain about a consultant. Don't complain about a consultant. You will never win in this game. As always, I'm happy to answer any questions you have.